Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now... Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. This show's executive producer is Ryan Bershinger, who you can find on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger. And Bersh will join us a little bit later on in the podcast as we wrap up our NFL team review when it comes to fantasy football, looking at the NFC West and the AFC West. But, Mike, it's Super Bowl week, the Pro Bowl in the rearview mirror. There's a lot simmering in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. We're talking a lot more than just Chiefs Eagles at this point of the year. Well, it's that fun part of the year, right? All the silly season. Tom Brady retires. I go see 80 for Brady. It was a master thespian performance by Brady uh, and the core cast. I mean, on was, this it, was it? Did you go see it? You saw I did. It? I went and saw it uh, Sunday night. 
Uh, theater was maybe a third full. It ended up being number two at the box office for the weekend. They did a good job selling discounted tickets and trying to appeal to an so, older demographic. So you give it two arthritic thumbs up is what you give it. Yeah, I, I mean, I do already have one arthritic thumb. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, I'd say it worked, right? Bunch of sneaky, funny little one-liners. Yeah, there's a lot of cheese and contrivances and, and whatever else. But if you don't enjoy uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, Sally Field, and, and Rita Marino getting after it, you know, you, you're, you're, the premise is not going to get you in, right? You're going to get a little bit of Tom Brady, a couple of little nods and winks to, uh, you know, the histories and, and making fun of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and Rob Corddry as a podcaster might have stolen the show. Him, Guy Fieri, uh, and uh, Marshawn Lynch shows up. So a little Seattle Seahawks love for you. Did I, did I tell you my 80 for Brady story? Have I told that, this on this podcast? How I had the scoop on 80 for Brady and completely sat on it. I had and no idea. Yes. Burst, do you know the story? It sounds vaguely familiar. I don't think you've told it on here, though. Okay. So last year, Tom Brady retires. It was on a Saturday. And, heck, you know, obviously Brady retired, and we'll talk about, you know, that and how it plays into everything. But last year when Brady retired, I went to the golf club to go hit some golf balls at the driving range. You know, on a Saturday, why not? Why not try to get some of the kinks out? And I was there, and I was able to break the news to the people at the at the club at the range. And I said, yeah, Tom Brady retired. I actually told one of the, the guys at the club, and then somebody overheard me. They're like, what? Oh, Brady retired? And so it kind of started to spread throughout the range. In two uh, hitting bays down, there was a guy who goes, yeah, we're working on a movie. It's, 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 it's with these old ladies, like these four old ladies that love Tom Brady, and it's called 80 for Brady. And I thought to myself, boy, does this movie sound like it's going to suck. You know, but I, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't say that. But he told me about it. And then do you remember like a month or two later, like last spring when this came out, like this was breaking news? And I had known about it for two months, but I didn't think it was a big deal that they were oh, wow. actually making a movie. And he's like, yeah, we're shooting some of the scenes down at SoFi. So I had the scoop on 80 for Brady, and I just completely sat on it. And, yeah, could have wow, let the amazing. world know. But I, And I'll let you – you give it two thumbs up, though. You give yeah, it I, I'd say it was, it's an hour and 38 minutes. It's not a huge investment of your time. Uh, and I, I thought it, I thought it was a cute movie in, a, at the end of it, right? Is it is it award worthy and all that? No, uh, schlocky, no. But you know, you get the usual friendship uh, themes, mortality themes, both for him as a player, and uh, you know them dealing being over 80, right? Relationships yeah. and all of that fun stuff. And Brady actually does have one scene where it's like, all right, they taught him to act a little bit. This is pretty good. Wow. It, it, it wasn't bad. I'm like, all right, one or two lines were a bit, you know, extra cheese curds. But otherwise, uh, I, I thought it was pretty solid. I, I, I give it a good look. Bursch, you're a movie guy. Do you have any interest in seeing 80 for Brady? Um. Probably not in theaters, but maybe uh, on streaming later on. It might be something I might actually check out at some point. Well, I, I, I think that, that's where it'll get some love. I'd heard yeah. some theaters 
had earlier show times to cater to the older audience. I'm not kidding. No, I it's true. Saw, yes. you know, you're, you're 100% right. They discounted ticket Like the, the move, like AMC today uh, on Monday uh, announced that they were going to start charging different pricing based on seating. Like if like, – like you were at a concert or something. All right, here's the prime seats for the audio and whatever else. Uh, but for this, they actually discounted, in a lot of cases, extended. You know, like if you go to a matinee, a lot of times, what is it, burst 20%, 30% or, or something like that off tickets right, yeah. that, that they did the deep dive deeper into the day as well uh, to try to get people in. What do you think about Brady's retirement? What was your initial? I, I was kind of bummed. I mean, again, I, I mentioned the mortality thing uh, with, with him. And look, I've had a couple of scares. We don't need to go into home, my own medical world. But it just, like, as so long as he was still playing, Dan, I didn't feel so old. Now it's another link to that that group. And I was like, all right, all those guys are now wiped off in yes. terms of their playing careers. And there were a lot of times this year where I'm like, all right, he's still a top ten guy with some of the throws. And as the year went on, timing, it's like, how much do you go to the line? How do you go to the lack of run game? How much of all of that? And then, you know, you brace, brace yourself for the cold, hard facts with some of those throws not made against Dallas. Right? If he, if he doesn't throw that interception in the end zone, is it a different game? And ergo, maybe a different feel to the end of the season? Or was he just done, right? I mean, that's that's the the part I, the billion dollar question. I know he talked to Colin Coward um, on Monday morning and, and talking about when you're done and all that stuff. But like for me, it, it's the catharsis of uh, letting all that go. And I found myself kind of doing that same thing. Like, damn, man. <laughs> yeah. The you know the the funny thing that you mentioned about the throw and the interception is it's not that specific play, Mike. But I just wondered if there were points throughout the season where Brady knew, maybe we didn't know, but Brady knew, I can't make this throw anymore. I can't, like that throw is no longer in my repertoire. Sure. If I'm, if I'm going to have to make that throw, I'm going to have to do something that I haven't done before. Or just, you maybe know that you're slipping. You know, maybe that's the, the thing. I don't know if it caught Peyton Manning off guard, but I don't think that Tom Brady wanted to go out the way that Peyton Manning ended up going out. Yeah, I, I, you don't want to find that steep, steep cliff, right? No. So many athletes do. And, look, I'm, I'm always the guy, I, as much as a player or coach can decide when it's their time, outside of Jim Beheim complaining about everything and shaking his fist like a grumpy old man anymore, um, is that, you know, it's, I'd love for everybody to be able to go out on their own terms. And I wonder for Brady, and again, owing a little to my own personal life and some choices, decisions, history that I, I don't need to go in here. Eventually I'll end up on a couch talking through it all. Is that maybe a year later, some of the decisions he made to come back, he regrets. And, and maybe there, there's some of that weight that finally is like between that and a, a decrease in the accuracy and ability on the field that the, that compounds into a, all right, it's time, it's time to let it go. I think that number 45, that age, he had brought it up. I always felt that that was the mark that he wanted to reach. That was the one that he was going to go for. And so then he did it, and then maybe he felt he was slipping. Maybe he didn't feel he was slipping, but it was it was just to get to 45. It was always his goal. And when I think of 45, like we've heard Russell Wilson before the, before the season against, uh, before him joining the Broncos when he was with the Seahawks, and they were talking about Brady's legacy and his longevity. 
And Russell Wilson's like, yeah, you know, like I want to play till I'm 45. And now we look at it, and I'm like, well, somebody has to want you until you're 45 because I don't know if they want you right now, Russell Wilson. (laughs) So so it puts it even more perspective about Brady and how long he ended up playing and to play into your mid-40s is just absolutely crazy because guys are talking, oh, I'd love to do that and blah, 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 but to actually be viable and to be relevant and, heck, you got an MVP vote. You know, you know, just a couple of years ago. So that's even more of a testament to Tom Brady. I think as we move on, we'll even be more enamored with what he did later in his career. But not completely shocked. I still thought that there was maybe one year in him, especially, honestly, because he was now, you know, post-divorce. I thought maybe he needs something to fill his life and, you know, his time with and that maybe football would be it. But uh, so I was a bit caught off guard by it. But I think in a few years we are going to be really amazed at, at what Tom Brady did. Yeah, that's where that's where unfortunately all the st- all the roads with Tom Brady uh, we can commiserate on some of those decisions uh, and discussion points, Dan. But uh, you know, at some point, I, I got, I'm asking you. I've got a chance to go to an event in March through some NFT thing I bought into. Kind of cool. A lot of uh, programs and interviews and whatever. And it's it's in Tampa. I will be there the, earlier in that week. It would require me to stay several days later. Should I go on the off chance that I get to uh, harass Brady at this thing? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? There you go. Yeah. Decision made live on a podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Super Bowl week, and the Pro Bowl did take place in Las Vegas on Sunday. Just a quick hit on that, Mike. I, I, I don't know what the hell they were doing in Las Vegas. I don't know what the bleep that was. I, I'm, I'm looking on a TV, and I understand that people can't catch on to tennis scoring easy. Uh, I understand tennis scoring. We're sports fans. I had no idea how they were scoring the Pro Bowl. It's 6-6, then they're saying the game is 12-12. They're playing a first half, then they're playing a second half, then it's like a best of three. I didn't, I didn't understand the scoring, 50-yard field. It was, I'm sorry, I, I, I hate it. I, I couldn't stand it. And then what made me even more mad is the day after, I go and I look and I see, I see this headline on, on uh, it was on ESPN. And it says, Pro Bowl, a hit with players. Flag foot, this is the exact, this is the exact headline. Flag football, a hit with players at new Pro Bowl. That, that was the title. That was the title. And Wasn't again, there a it. headline right under it from Josh Jacobs saying this sucks? <laughs> That's exactly. This or two is, later at this point. This I bleep mean. is stupid. This is, this is what Geno Smith said. I didn't know what to expect, but I think it turned out pretty well. It got very competitive at the end, and I think that's what they wanted. Is that a rave review? Um, Christian McCaffrey said, I definitely don't need to take more hits, so I'm a proponent of it. Well, that's a ringing endorsement. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, a hit, man. It's not negative speech. It's like, I, I you know what? My body's not going to hurt as much finishing. I'll let your Tyreek Hill because like he got cleaned out. That, you know, that would be like hit record. Hit record by Guns N' Roses. Uh, some of the songs were good. You know, like that, that would be like my review. Mike Harmon says some of the songs were good. And Dan Beyer said, "Well, track three was cool, like that. that, that that's what that's what it would be. That that's the type of review that you got from these players. Like these comments don't mean it was a hit. These comments mean that they just didn't want to get hit. That's all that it meant. Well, that I, was really just, well done because it was it, it, Monday is Axl Rose's 61st birthday. <laughs> so good job by you. Uh, you know how I knew that. You know how I knew that stat." Because Cavino and Rich were recording their podcast this morning, and uh, you're going to be in Vegas later this week broadcasting with Jason Smith on Fox Sports Radio. I'm in Phoenix right now for Super Bowl week, and they were recording their podcast in one of the rooms either above me or below me. And so I heard Cavino be like, Axel Rose today on, at the time of this recording, February 6th. Axel Rose is 61. That's how I knew because huh? I could hear them next door recording their podcast. My goodness. I'm sorry. Podcast or the show? No, I just the. So we we look at the um, 
the Pro Bowl from a, a, in theory, right? I do this with Smith a lot. It's like, I like what you're saying in theory. And then I go on to eviscerate what his argument is. In this case, I, I'm looking at it from the bigger picture. Like, the, the players and, and how much they love or hate it, whatever, get over it. It's kind of like loving or hating a 17th game and eventually the 18th. Yeah. You guys signed on to it. Get over it. Yep. Uh, same thing here is that, you know, it, it's a bigger business picture. And, and, you know, me being the nerd that I am about it uh, with more people not wanting their kids, uh, at least initially, playing tackle football. I started at age eight and I've got the knees to show for it. Uh, and, and my longevity in doing any of that was shut down. But the the idea that you're not doing that, but you're playing flag football, because I'm seeing it all over where I am. I'm sure if you go out to the park uh, with your son, you, you, you see the, the, the people lined up. There's a lot of soccer, but you're seeing teams practicing flag football all over. And California, uh, last week, you know, a week before we get into the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl, uh, commissioned it that they're looking at it as a high school sport for girls coming forward so uh the growth in that side of things yeah you, you're trying to monetize it so you may not be ready to play uh even as you finish college right you may create another viable league for guys that all right you're not the tackle on the side of the nfl but you're a damn good flag football player and for guys that are running around college campuses and whatever else maybe there's a whole other industry that pops up and let's face it, if you can make a television show out of it, uh, live sports pr- programming where you can bet always wins. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good point by you, a really good point, because I think I'm being maybe selfish in saying all of that. And, and I heard the CIF stuff, and I you know, I thought it was great. I, my niece actually tried out for the football team in, in her hometown like a year ago. She oh, wow. loved football. Yeah, she and and and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this jokingly. Like, I, this is like a true story. And she she lasted one practice. She understood now. Okay, this is what tackle football means, and she was done. You're like she's like, all right, this is not for me. And I was super proud of her for doing that because to even have the guts to be like, you know what, I that's I damn like right. Football. That's a huge life thing, man. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I hated football. <laughs> we, like we talk about it. I could not stand football practice. I hated every second of it. And, and that's why I've always said, like, with that sport, it is something really that you have to love. And, and you know, and I look at, at, at a sport that I do love in golf, and, you know, golf's taken a great boom since COVID. But prior to that, they were trying to find ways, any way to get people out on the golf course. Sure. They're having foot golf. We obviously know about disc golf. They're uh, making holes bigger. You know, they're saying, you know, go out and just play nine holes. Go out and play five, you know, play exact. They were trying to do anything to get someone to play the sport, to get anybody to play the sport. So I guess when I sit there and criticize the Pro Bowl, you have a much better perspective and a much more correct perspective than, than I did because no. I just pissed and moaned, honestly, about no, the game. It's, it's, and i got to realize that it's not about me. So no. your, your observations were very <laughs> astute and I think have, have changed my look on everything. No, look, you're, you're entitled. I mean, I, I'm not saying aesthetically it was what I wanted to sit and watch. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton crying like a, like a baby at the end like he would have been doing as a player was great. And Eli gloating was great. He can't take a knee. That's illegal. That's against the rules. You know, all of that kind of stuff was fun. Like, I, I just think back to, like, thinking about your, your niece is the, for me, I had the, the double whammy. Physically, I was already getting beat up 
um, unfortunately. And, but the other part was I just hated my coaches. Like, I just had bad experience after bad experience. So I'm like, am I going to subject myself to more of this? Like, my, my daughter had a bad experience with her first soccer coach, and I tried to encourage her because I knew she was going to move away from from this individual pretty fast. Life, All my life's a circle in a lot of ways with some of this. <laughs> but when, with this, like, she gave it another shot, found a coach that was more uh, – I mean, she's eight years old. Like, you, you can't come out of a season hating – you shouldn't hating a sport when you're eight years old. Yes, <laughs> and so she gave it another another chance, and now she's you know defending national champion and doing all this other crazy ass stuff, and it was almost ruined because the guy was such a jerk. So oh, I'm glad she at least gave it a chance because I didn't. I stopped and said I'm I'm not putting up with this. My it was one one time where I did step in for my mental and physical health to say I, I'm not subjecting myself to sure. the next round of jerks. I, I just I football is a tough sport to love. That's why I have so much respect for anybody that plays D three, you know, D two, because you you really have to love the sport to be able to do that and to to play and go and play, you know, at a school with no scholarship and to be able to I, I go through the practices and the work and the level and the hits and and a sport where they say the injury rate is 100%. 100%. So to be able to have that sort of uh you know love for the game tip of the cap but you know your your version on the pro bowl is right. I've got to realize everything is not about me. <laughs> And follow the it, money, Dan. Now we it, just have to figure out how we can uh, profit off it, buddy. That's oh, all. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, so the Pro Bowl is done. It is, it is Super Bowl week. And after the uh, Super Bowl, uh, Mike Bursch and I will end up doing a Super Bowl recap and also uh, give you our draft, our first draft of the 2023 fantasy football season. That will come in our next episode and our final episode of the I Want Your Flex podcast. But before we, we, we do that and look ahead to next week's episode and before we do our divisions to wrap this episode up what do you think about chiefs eagles how do you think it plays out on sunday well mahomes will be healthy hurts should be healthier can can the chiefs d D line make some hay because that's where i'm I'm having a lot of fun like i love the skill position player let's talk about kelsey ah crap it's all about the offensive and defensive lines here yeah who's able to to hold up because you got the two best sack teams in the National Football League, number one seeds, all of these things. Eagles dealing with a bunch of injuries on the O-line. I mean, how many headlines do you have? Do you have Lane Johnson? I think I'm going to be able to go. I think I'm good. I think I can get through one more. Like, how much of that is rope-a-dope versus this guy is, as we were just talking about, injured to the point where, all right, I'm dragging myself to the finish line. Because if that's the case, then you, you might ha- make some hay and, and get after Hurts early and often. The run game for Philly, obviously huge. I, I picked Kansas City before the year. It's awful tough to, to go away from them here. But uh, a little concerned about the secondary uh, for Kansas City but enough up front that I think that makes a difference. Give me KC. Um, uh, let's go 34-27. Okay. All right. I'm going Philly. I just think that they're going to be able to run and continue to run and run, whether it be Boston Scott, whether it be Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders or obviously Jalen Hurts. You mentioned Legere- you know the secondary and Legereus needs status at the time of the taping. Right. Uh, still up in the air just because of the concussion that he suffered in the uh, – in the AFC championship game. I just think the Eagles are just better up front on both sides to, to your point. 
And I don't fault you at all for sticking with your pick because my picks lasted a total of one game in the playoffs. Had the Packers and Chargers. Packers didn't make it. Chargers blew their lead against the Jaguars. So I actually have the uh, the carte blanche to uh, move off of a pick or pick a different team. I'm going Eagles. I'm going to go. I, I, I kind of want, Mike, I kind of wanted to pick a funky score of a two-point conversion here or there. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go 33-24. I dig that with the two-point. Does someone get the octopus? That's one of the um, prop bets. It's plus 650, Dan. The octopus. You score the touchdown, and then you score the two-point conversion. Oh, geez. They call it the octopus. Oh, wow. I'm like thinking NHL throwing, uh, you know, throwing it onto the ice in uh, what Detroit. So yeah, exactly. Let me yeah. throw one more at you. A scoring drive of less time than the national anthem takes from Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, I would I would hit that for sure. I think so, right? Yes is minus one eighty. No is plus one thirty. Yeah. Yep. 58 seconds left in the half. Somebody can go down and score something quick, and then uh, Butker, uh, you go super toe with him and make a make the field goal. Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer, do you have a Super Bowl pick for Super Bowl 57? I am picking the Eagles as well. Um, I think that they're just an incredibly strong, well-rounded team. Obviously, I think what's interesting with both teams is I think both teams kind of make a a case for being the underdog, so they're both going to come in with that mentality, which is really bizarre when they're both fantastic teams. So, But I I will go with the Eagles. I will say, how about, uh, let's get weird, 29 25. I like right. it. Can the mayor of Cincinnati say something to piss off the Chiefs again? That's the uh, question. I got to find the pictures. Uh, once upon a time, I had the Eagles kind of as the adopted non-Bears team. So I, I used to run around in a Jaworski uh, shirt from Sears, and I had one of those Eagles bikes. <laughs> Eagles bikes out of the Sears catalog. They oh, had the, wow. the the, the uh, logo and everything front and center, and then the uh, the frame was the color of your whatever team you bought. Oh man, I can't believe you are going against your Eagles bike, Mike, in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Well, uh, I mean, it I really, I'm out on Jaws. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the old BMX Huffy that was, by the way, in Saints colors. It was black and gold. Look at you. Yeah, what one one of my uh, one of my highlights of childhood was driving on that uh, that old BMX bike. All right, so Harmon's got the Chiefs, Bursch and I taking the Eagles and some funky scores. There is your Super Bowl Fifty Seven preview and predictions. Our- if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we hit the home stretch here on I Want Your Flex, get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm Ryan Bershinger on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger, and you can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Let's finish our division review of fantasy football. We take each NFL team and we pick something about that team and what happened fantasy-wise throughout the season. Sometimes we double up, sometimes we triple up, sometimes we all have unique ideas. We haven't done the Western divisions in the AFC or NFC. Let's start with the AFC West, and let's start with these Kansas City Chiefs. Mike Harmon, what's your biggest fantasy takeaway from the Chiefs this past season? Well, I mean, it's just the overarching thing of, hey, Tyreek Hill doesn't make a team. Uh, (laughs) You had eight players with at least 250 receiving yards, which meant you had a lot of guesswork beyond Travis Kelsey (laughs) in terms of setting your fantasy lineup. Bursch? Um, yeah, I mean, you have both Mahomes and Kelsey finishing at number one at their position. I'll focus in on Travis Kelsey because he just absolutely dominated all tight ends. Of course, finishing with 1,300 yards. Uh, the next closest tight end had 898. It's TJ Hawkinson. Uh, with touchdowns, he had 12, the only tight end to reach double-digit touchdowns. I think Taysom – no, George George Kittle had nine, thankfully. It's not Taysom Hill that's second. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so the, the complete and utter dominance that Travis Kelsey provided at the tight end position, I'm sure, won a lot of people titles. Well, I, I was going to triple up, and I'm going to triple up on Travis Kelsey. For the point of this, I thought he was going to stink. Like, not mm-hmm. not stink. I thought that there was going to be a drop-off. I thought that you saw signs last year in his usage that the Chiefs were limiting a little bit because the snaps were down. And I actually thought that was going to continue. And I thought you were going to get a much bigger uh, boost from Juju Smith-Schuster, from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, Kadarius Tony wasn't there at the beginning of the year, so can't say that. But I thought that that was going to be an opportunity. And, guys, it, for me, it always goes back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well because I thought he was going to pick up some slack. Now, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon um, yeah. 
you know, did some of that, but I just completely I, I was I was ready to sell on Kelsey, and there couldn't have been a worse decision unless you're benching Joe Mixon in a 51-point game. That All right, moving sometimes on. happened, yeah. Yeah, Denver Broncos. Um, I mean, they all in lockstep. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I guess the only let me let me just say this, just for time, the Javante Williams injury yes. and how that running like that backfield like just all of a sudden completely dissolved because you had this 50-50 split. And then all of a sudden Latavius Murray is your, like, key back at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like, that 100%. hit, I think, all of the Russell Wilson – or it was hit by the Russell Wilson junk that we just talked about week it, in and week out. But it's funny, coming into the season, right, when we were talking about him, like, they're going to re-sign Melvin Gordon. What did they do? They re-signed Melvin Gordon. And then he couldn't hold on to the football. Like, what the hell happened, man? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and then Williams gets hurt and it all goes asunder. And really quickly, uh, I drafted Albert O in a couple leagues. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> that, that O stands for zero value in fantasy. <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was a rough one. <laughs> Thank you, Albert. Oh, man. I did play some Dulcich later on in the year, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. What about Albert the Chargers? Albert the sleeper that never woke up. Anyway, what about the, the Chargers? Burst, you want to start with, with uh, the old lightning bolts? Yeah, I, I don't think it's talked about enough that Justin Herbert was actually a pretty big disappointment in fantasy this season. Uh, he was drafted as QB3, which is crazy, uh, mm-hmm. because he finished as QB12. Uh, if you ended up you know, just sitting and, and taking Geno Smith off of free agency way later, who we'll talk about at some point, uh, you ended up with a much better uh, position. So, unfortunately, and I think a part of that, of course, is the injuries that happened at wide receiver for the Chargers. Harmon, Chargers take? Um, uh, well, I, I look at the Chargers. You just have the number of injuries. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, still dominant, even though the yards per catch were down. Uh, he just can't stay on the damn field. So the yes. story, the song remains the same, just steal from Led Zeppelin. No, I, I, I am with you with that. I think Austin Eckler, um, for uh, for the value, if you are, if you are drafting Austin Eckler um, where you did, um, great you know worked out but i am now almost looking ahead to next year if they actually have a competent running game kellen moore coming in there on what the value of austin eckler could be i think there could be even be brighter days ahead um because they weren't great running the football but eckler still was able to put up points because of his dual threat capability well you get slater back You'll make some yep. changes there. There's a lot of potential flux in the receiving core. Keenan Allen and uh, Gerald Everett and others that may be on their way out. I mean, I, we'd be remiss to not mention Josh Palmer, though. Yeah. Had, had himself a nice year, 72 <laughs> catches, 769 and three. A uh, guy would have been undrafted in virtually every league and put up some good numbers. Austin Eckler, also a a dream fantasy player for people this season, finishing as RB1 and being RB1 in Week 17. Uh, Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. For as bad as they were, he was was worth it. I mean, you know, like like statistic-wise, you know, we talk about their run game, but fantasy-wise, I mean, Eckler was it and things could be getting better, which is crazy. So uh, let's go to the Raiders. Anybody want to start? I'll, I'll start with the Raiders. Go ahead. The fall off of Darren Waller. Um, Injury-wise, obviously Devontae Adams coming in um, has an effect of that. But there, it was just a few short years ago that I thought Darren Waller could be TE1 in the entire National Football League. And then that, is, that has fallen off. 
I'll go, you want to go Bursch? Go ahead. I was I'll just going to say, left. Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, he was drafted as running back 22 and finished as RB3. Uh, phenomenal season for Josh Jacobs. He saw a chance to get that bag, and he got it. Nicely done. Uh, and then Adams still finishing top three despite the inefficiency, inefficiency ineffectiveness uh, of Derek Carr, the demotion, and the fact that Waller and Renfro missed so much time. I mean, Jacobs, obviously the beneficiary of Adams being out there. Whatever new contract he signs, he should send him a gift, gift basket. <laughs> All right, that's the AFC West. NFC West, uh, let's start with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Mike Harmon, you're up. Uh, I'll take the uh, midseason acquisition that crushed everybody else. Uh, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey stayed healthy, led you down the way, and if you drafted wishing, wanting, hoping that he would find a better team and situation, he did, uh, and maybe uh, carried you to a title. Uh, on, the, on the connection of that, you know, Debo took a hit. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he was so good last year. He, he really was. But I felt that McCaffrey coming in would end up having a, a trickle-down effect with others. And I felt that it did happen with the likes of, of Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel was not the same as he was um, a year ago. Still great. He's still really good, but just not the same effect. And I think McCaffrey took away some of that. And George Kittle still being a very valuable asset at tight end. Uh, as I said, nine touchdowns. And unfortunately, I have to correct myself, Taysom Hill did have nine touchdowns overall. So thanks Damn for Damn it, Bursch! Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, it's all good. <laughs> the uh, the the uh, week that I don't play him is when he uh, lights up yes. the Seahawks. So yes. that was uh, still uh, still bitter in in my heart. What about what about the Seattle Seahawks? My Seattle Seahawks. Bursch, I'll let you have the uh, have the floor on this. Sure. Well, it is it is Geno Smith's coming out party, yes. right? Finishing his quarterback six. Uh, just an incredible season for Geno. Really, really awesome. Uh, over four thousand yards. Uh, it's uh, 29 touchdowns. I mean, just a, a great season for Geno Smith, lifting up an offense that people were very low on coming into the season. Uh, Mike? I'll, go, I'll take uh, Tyler Lockett, finishing Ooh. on the edge of the, the back end of WR1. The uh, I'll take Kenneth Walker. Mm -hmm. But Kenneth Walker did trail off at the end of the year. And it's kind of funny because he hit a rookie wall but he wasn't the man at the start of the season. Right. So it is something to watch, at least in Seattle. Maybe that changes, but the emergence of Kenneth Walker, I, I, I'm really curious to see where he goes in drafts next year just because of what you didn't have the beginning of the season because he was hurt and Rashad Penny was there. Then he takes over and bursts out of the scene, but the latter part of the year was not as effective and not as productive uh, fantasy-wise as he was during the middle part of the season. So I'm curious where Kenneth Walker goes. What about those Arizona Cardinals? Uh, here I'm in Phoenix. Is it is it just Kyler Murray and everything else when it comes to the Cardinals? Burn it all down. Uh, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins w got himself suspended and then was useless because, well, Arizona was useless <laughs> down the stretch. So he finished as uh, WR49 on Fantasy Pro's final scoring for the year. He came out like gangbusters, but then you had, you know, him and Kyler beefing and then you had the injury. And mm -hmm. so it was, yeah, it was downhill from there. 
Uh, I do want to mention James Conner when he yes. came off of his injury. Uh, in the second half of the season, he was a very strong fantasy asset. Had four uh, top ten finishes at running back uh, from week ten on. Uh, so a really strong finish for Conner. They figured out, you know, once they didn't have Kyler Murray in there, uh, just hand the ball off to Conner. He was a reliable running back, and it worked out. Didn't have the touchdown to match the years, right? You know, prior, but uh, did work out. All right, finally, those L.A. Rams. Or should we just punt? You know, you know what? I'm, I'm that gonna, was I'm their gonna just... best asset this year. <laughs> <laughs> the Cam Akers story is the one that blows me away. Sure. Hmm. I mean, from being inactive and on the outs to then, you know, being resurgent. I'll take Cam Akers for the Rams. And the fantasy playoffs suddenly had value for you. Just <laughs> yes. like the uh, the tight end position that didn't the whole year. Higby did enough at the end to finish as tight end 15. <laughs> I do think it's very important, though, to note that when Cooper Cup was healthy, he was still a top flight fantasy asset. Sure. The first half of the season, he, he had five top 10 finishes in his first nine weeks. And of course, he played 10 games. Technically, his 10th game, he had like negative one receiving yard and he was out for the rest of the season you look at the games that he did play in he had that gigantic workload still a great fantasy asset there shouldn't be any hesitation in drafting him next season all right there it is we have got all 32 teams in feel free to go download the other uh, episodes if you've missed it see what we thought of your team uh, they're always available wherever you get your podcasts i want your flex all right guys We've got one more episode of the season to go, and uh, it will be our review of Super Bowl 57 and then our draft, the first draft of the 2023 fantasy football season. Guys, Beautiful it's been things, fun. Man. All right, enjoy the game. So for Enjoy Mike Arizona. Harmon, yes, will do. And you enjoy Vegas. And, Burge, you enjoy Sherman Oaks. As always. <laughs> for Ryan Bershinger and Mike Harmon, I'm Dan Byer, and we'll talk to you next time right here on I Want Your Flex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.